In the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Y'all can be seated. Normally, I preach uh, in the pulpit, but I uh, noticed there's a monkey in the pulpit. And I told somebody, there's a monkey in the pulpit, and someone, they said to me, well, what's new? And I, I didn't think that was very nice. But I tell you what, I love having good conversations. You know, I love having uh, those talks with people. You probably do too. Uh, Is there anything better than just connecting with someone? We're made for relationships. We're we're made to have these really fun um, or helpful, edifying friendships, relationships, people in our lives that build us up. And is there anything better than just having one of those, uh, those conversations where you just really connect? I I love that. Um, it's so fun to have a great conversation when there's just a ton of energy between you and the person. Um, and there's some people, though, that can, they can just fill whatever space there's there. Are you like that? Are you one of those just talkers? You can just, if, if there's a space, there's an empty space, you're just going to fill it, right? There's a lot of folks like that. For some, conversations come really easy. And I don't know about you, um, if you're one of those folks that, that maybe you have a lot to say but you don't, you don't say that much, but when you say something, it's, it's really profound. Or maybe you just say a lot. I don't know which kind of person you are, but um, I find for, for anybody, whether conversation comes easy or not, conversation with God is hard. That's my experience anyway. The conversation with God, prayer, is hard. I don't know about you, uh, but my mind, when I, when I close my eyes and I'm going to pray to God, my mind begins to wander. If I start to pray for someone, I'm immediately having a conversation with that person in my mind. And then it may go off for, I don't know, 10 minutes, and I realize I hadn't been praying for 9 minutes and 45 seconds. I just go right off into conversations. Or if I am praying about something, I start thinking of how that other thing could have gone, and I might tell myself, oh, well, I'm thinking of that thing sort of prayerfully, but really my mind's just wandering. Um, people think, wait a second, aren't you, su- I thought good prayer qualified you for your job. And I would say, um, no, that's just how they get me to church. But the, um, the, uh, I've tried keeping lists. I know these wonderful prayer people who just, who have these incredible long lists that they keep for years and years and they pray through them every day. And I've tried that. It just didn't work for me. I lost the list or put my bubble gum in it or something like that. But the, um, I tell you what works, what's been working for me lately is journaling, uh, I, I've sort of rediscovered journaling, and that kind of gets my prayers out. I can see them as tactile. But I don't know. I mean, the prayer is hard. Anybody else? Am I the only one? Yeah, so um, uh, I think our gospel passage tells us that even the disciples, that they found prayer difficult as well, because they see Jesus praying, and they come to Jesus, and they say, Lord, will you teach us to pray too? Will you teach us to pray? And and who better to ask, because they could see. Now, they didn't know that at, probably at this point that Jesus was the Son of God, that he was the second person of the Trinity, that he was um, fully God and fully man. They didn't know all that. What they saw in Jesus' life was that he prayed a lot. Like that he, would, he was always sneaking off to pray. And they saw this as they spent time with him. He would uh, stay up all night to pray with his, uh, with his Father. And so they... Um, and, and so they finally came to him and said, we want what you've got. Will you please teach us to pray? 
And so what we have in this passage is Luke's version of the Lord's Prayer. Now, what we, most of us, regardless of our denomination, most of us have uh, memorized Matthew's version, the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, but this is Luke's verse. It's a little shorter. In just a little while, uh, during the communion, we'll say the Lord's Prayer. And if you're visiting with us today, we hold hands during the Lord's Prayer. So when somebody reaches out and holds your hand, during the, it's not weird. It's just, how we, it's just how we do it around here. So we have the Luke's version of the Lord's Prayer. And then we have um, this other bit about ask and you shall receive. And, and, and seek and you will find it and all that. And so, but all of this... All of this is answering the request of the disciple, Lord, teach us to pray. And what we see, if we look at the whole passage, what we see is that, that the response of Jesus is not as much a how to pray, but a who to pray too. Not a how to, but a who to. What Jesus really wants us to see is who God the Father is and that He is a good, good Father. Now kids, we sang a song this week called Good, Good Father, didn't we? Yeah, and then we had another one we said, uh, where we jumped up and down and said, God is good, right? And all of our VBS Bible points were about God's goodness. When life is sad... That's right. And when life is scary, God is and when life is good. God is good, and there were some others. But you know what? That is not just God is good. And we will say God is good all the time and all the time. God, it is not just a pithy platitude. It is what it is the heart of what God, uh, what Jesus wants us to know about. Uh, his Father. The goodness of God is what Jesus wants to drive home. In this, uh, in this passage where he is responding to the request, teach us to pray. And so what we want to look at uh, is we want to look at the Father who is holy and the Father who is good. Now I have two other points, but my wife said this needs to be short and sweet. So I said, yes ma'am. The Father who is holy and the Father who is good. So in, have you ever wondered... Uh, how it would have been received when Jesus says to them, when you pray, pray like this, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Do you, think that it's, do you know what that means? Do you think the disciples would have, would have come right out and said, oh, that makes perfect sense? It was probably just mind-blowing because they'd never heard God called Father before. In the Old Testament, God is called Father, but He's the Father of Israel. He's the father of the whole nation. He's not the father of one individual. I don't even think David uh, calls him his father. It was too familiar, too personal, too intimate. He's too high and holy and mighty uh, for us. And yet here Jesus is telling us, when you pray, the first thing you want to do is call God Almighty your father. There's this family relationship. There's an intended intimacy. Jesus is, is bringing us right back into the garden, Adam, Adam and Eve, when they walked with God in the cool of the day, and that level of intimacy with the Father. Now what we would come to learn is that we get to call God Father because we're in Christ, and Christ, we get to call Him Father because Jesus calls Him Father. But what we see is that He is the Father. He has authority but He is the best Father. Now, I know that for some people, I've met some people, that for them, God the Father, God as Father, is actually a difficult 
way to talk about God. Maybe our, our father wasn't the best father. He wasn't around or we didn't know him or he was angry or, or absent or something like that. But what you need to know is that, is that God knew all that and knew that we would need fathers, would need a father in this world. And so he reveals himself as father. He's the best father. Like he's the perfect father. He's the one who loves us, and inspires us, who blesses us. And sometimes he disciplines us when necessary for our good in order to raise us to have his character. He is the best father. And, and Jesus says, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Now, hallowed means holy. So why, why say holy is your name? Why not just say, Father, you're holy? I mean, he knows he's holy, but why, why, why do we need to tell him that? Why the name? You know, every day when you go to school, uh-oh, school's coming quick. Um, when you go to school, you'll write your name at the top of your assignments, and when people see your name, they don't just think about the letters that make up your name. They think about you, right? They think about all of you. They think about the whole person that you are. They think about the things you're good at. They think about the, uh, what, what you look like. They think about um, your personality, your sense of humor. They think about the memories they have with you. When they think about your name, they think about all of you. And what we're saying to God is that, God, when we think about your name, all, we're saying all of you is holy. All of you. Lord, you are holy. And, and um, we're thinking about the whole package of God. Now, why would we ask God to let his name be holy? It's because a lot of times, in fact, most of the time, in our hearts and in our minds, God isn't holy. Or at the very least, he's not the center. He's not the thing, he's not the filter that we view all of our decisions through. He's not the object of our worship. We have something else on the throne of our hearts. And friends, that distance is why Jesus came. That distance from God is why he, Jesus came to draw us back to God, not just through his teaching, but actually through his death and his resurrection. He came, Jesus came to reconcile us to God because he wants that intimate friendship with us. He came as our Father. Father, hallowed be your name. This is a prayer to center us back and to let God be the center of our lives. To ask God to help us get us centered on him again. He is set apart as holy. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Lord, help us to live that way as you are the standard of truth and righteousness and love. Help us to think that way, to act that way, to speak to each other according to your holiness. If you want to know the next two points, you'll need to come back at 5.30 tonight to that service. <laughs> but let's talk about after the Lord's Prayer, after this part um, where, where he talks about uh, forgiveness and all these things, very, very important stuff, lots we could pull out of there. The heart of the passage is the goodness of the Father. This is what Jesus really wants his disciples to know and to understand. Remember, this is more how to pray. I mean, less how to pray and more who to pray to. Because it doesn't do a lot of good to get the formula for the prayer right if you don't trust the heart of the one you're praying to, does it? So he tells this story. He tells this story about a man who has a friend who lives next door 
and this, um, and he goes and knocks on his door in the middle of the night, and he says, hey, somebody just came uh, in. I didn't expect him. I don't have anything to feed them. And the guy says, are you kidding me? I'm already in bed. Go away, right? Now, for us, we might think, well, that makes perfect sense. I wouldn't want to get out of bed either. But actually, in their culture, all the houses were really close together. If you're banging on somebody's door in the middle of the night, the whole village is waking up, right? And it also, they had such a sense of community that if I ask, if I have someone to feed, they, uh, a guest, then you have someone to feed. If, you, if I have bread, then you have bread. It, there was this strong sense of community. And so actually what Jesus is saying is, can you imagine knocking on the, uh, on the door of someone and them not coming and offering you what they have? And the implication is, no, we could never imagine that. Now, you and I can imagine that. We live in a different culture. But the answer then would have been, no, we can't imagine anybody saying, go away in the middle of the night. And so what Jesus is saying is, if you can't imagine your friends saying no, then how much more can we trust the heart of God? How much more can we trust the heart of God? That's why Jesus then says, so just ask, and you will receive. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open unto you. Now, you need, you need forgiveness. I mean, that's one of the things we pray about in the Lord's Prayer. We're not reckoning. We need Jesus to come and reconcile us to God. But even we know how to give good gifts. God is perfect. How much more will He give good gifts to His children? And that's how we are to come to Him. Now, I want to say this. He may not give us exactly what we're asking for, right? I've prayed for a lot of people to get well who didn't get well. I've prayed for people to get well who did get well. I've prayed, we've, I, there's all sorts of manner of things that we've prayed for. I have, uh, it, I have seen prayer work in remarkable ways, and I've been disappointed, like you. Because a lot of times what I want doesn't always happen. And so I don't think Jesus is saying, whatever you want, that's what you're going to give, because this is what he says at the end. He says, how much more will the Father give you the Holy Spirit? Now, at first, you might think, well, that's great, but I just want my, my friend to get healed, or I want to get healed, or I want whatever it is that we're praying for. But actually what God is saying, what Jesus is saying is that, that God knows what, is be- knows what is best, He is good, and He is going to be with you. The Holy Spirit is the presence of God with you. And so what he is always going to give you is his presence because he is a good, good father. He promises to give you. Remember at, at, um, after the resurrection, Jesus gathered his disciples together. And he was about to go and he says, I will be with you always. I will never leave you or forsake you. So I don't know what, it, what you're going through right now or what you're going to go through or what you have been through, but what I know is that God has promised to be with you always. And whether you get what you ask for or not, that we are in His hands. So, you know, conversations with God can be hard because, you know, we don't always hear right back like He's talking right back to us. But, and Jesus says, you know, our prayers, they don't have to be long, wordy, but what he wants us to do is to trust the heart of the Father, that he is so good, that he is our refuge, that he is our place of safety, he's our place of warmth and nourishment and refreshment. He's the one that we go to with our, with our greatest goods and our deepest sorrows.
So trust in the goodness of God. If you have trouble trusting the goodness of God, look at the cross and His incredible sacrificial love for you. Look at the resurrection and His promise of heaven for you. And just know that God the Father delights in conversation with you, even if your mind wanders. In Jesus' name, amen.